It's Monday, May 16th. Welcome to Market Forward. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today from Stock Advisor Canada, Taylor Muckerman, and from Million Dollar Portfolio, Jason Moser. Happy Monday, gents. Hey, hey. Well. Don't be alarmed by the giant <laughs> orb in the sky. I believe the sun is actually shining. <laughs> what? After 18, 19 days of measurable rain? I think it's going to be short lived, though. I've seen tomorrow it apparently is going to change for the let's worse. Let's wrap up this episode as fast as we can and get out and enjoy the sunshine. Live for life. A few minutes Just live. before the rain comes again. We're going to talk all about Berkshire Hathaway because there's a whole lot of Berkshire in the news today. But as I indicated to you guys earlier this morning, I think I need to begin today's episode by just taking a little bite of humble pie. Eat a little crow, say what you will, because you may recall we recently talked about Gannett making a bid for Tribune Publishing, and Tribune Publishing stock just jacked up 50% or so, 60%, something like that. They turned it down, and I was floored by that. I thought, are you kidding me with the, with the deal that's on the table? You're going to walk away from that? And I got to eat some crow because shares of Tribune Publishing up another 21% today because Gannett came back to the table with a higher bid. The original bid was to the tune of $815 million. This is $865 or so. Well played, Tribune Publishing. They, they, they got a better deal. Are they going to take this one, though? Well, I, I would imagine <laughs> so. I mean, it's always nice to know you have something that. Someone else wants, and I mean that's really kind of the ultimate, uh, ultimate bottom line here. I mean, it kind of makes you think of the Marriott Starwood thing that was going on not too terribly long ago. A lot of back and forth there, right? In an industry where it could be argued that scale is is one of the the greatest competitive advantages, the media space is is significantly different. But thank thanks to the internet, I mean, it is a very fast changing space where. I think it really behooves these these big uh, these big media properties to have a number of different sort of brands in their portfolio, different ways they can reach out to the to the local um, economies, as it were. I mean, you, you see, I think it's what Tribune has, L.A. Times among others, and the Chicago, Chicago Tribune. Tribune, obviously a very big market, two very big markets there. And um, given the way we get our news today, I mean, I, I think. And I said this, I think, last time we talked about this was it, we used to care, I think, much more about the brand that was actually delivering the news, right? And I don't think that really is the case so much anymore. And, um, and, and so a lot of these media companies are facing a, a real big choice here either consolidate or, or face the possibility of, of going out of business. Yeah, I'm wondering what the poison pill that they put in last week. Oak Tree Capital, their second largest shareholder, wanted the first deal to go through. So I'm assuming they're going to put even more pressure on them to allow this deal to go through. And Oak Tree has about 15%, I believe, they own of Tribune Public. It's a pretty sizable it's about stake. Right, yeah, just behind, I guess, the CEO uh, or the founder. I can't remember. But there's one individual is the largest shareholder, and then the Oak Tree Capital is the second largest. Um, non insider would be the largest, I'm thinking. So. Gannett's got a friend in the room, so that that should help. And I don't know. I mean, I think we'll see how this plays out, obviously. But I think if they decide to reject this out of hand the way they did, and Tribune again, give Tribune Publishing credit, they they got a higher offer and they rejected that previous deal. Uh, I think it was unanimously. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't know. I think I think they would be wise to take a good strong look at this because if I'm Gannett and they get turned down, I think I'm probably I'm going to go shopping elsewhere. I think yeah. it was funny the way they phrased it, Gannett. We're like we reevaluated it. We thought there might be some more value we could extract, but I'm thinking they just <laughs> offered him the low offer to begin sure, with, I mean, and that's... then they're like, "Oh, we'll just have an excuse as to why we're offering more money now." Because I can't imagine one extra week of due diligence arrived at 22 percent more value they could extract. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's it's the same in any any negotiation, right? It's negotiating one on one. You throw out an offer there. If they take it, great. If, yeah. they, if they say no thanks, then you, you can uh, find some sort of middle ground. And, and I suspect that's probably what's happening here. It's good to be a shareholder of Tribune <laughs> Publishing with your stock up about 85% in the last <laughs> month. Let's move over to Berkshire Hathaway. And why don't we, why don't we start with uh, the 13F filing, their quarterly filing, because the and we'll get to the the big stakes that Berkshire Hathaway owns and the degree to which they are increasing or decreasing some of those large stakes but the headline is that Berkshire Hathaway is now a shareholder of a little fruit company we like to call Apple <laughs> all the reports indicate that this was not Buffett's call this right. was um was this Ted Wessler either Combs or Wessler I haven't read if they uh named one of the other but I know but one of his trusted one lieutenants yeah, made this other. purchase yeah, and, and I mean that makes sense. I mean, um, I think more and more as time goes on, we're going to see that's generally the case where um, those two are going to be making probably more of the equity investments. I think Buffett and and maybe Munger to a, to a lesser degree can use sort of their reputation in in um, in the business world as perhaps facilitating deals or helping to back deals like they've done, um, or you know it's, it's being rumored at least that they are going to. Do something like that with Yahoo. So, uh, I mean, it's you have you have these these two guys that are they're younger, obviously have maybe a little, a little bit of a different perspective on the world. They invest very similarly to to how Warren Buffett invests, but but I'm sure they probably feel like they have a better grasp on technology than perhaps Buffett thinks that he might, um, which which could explain a lot behind this deal. But I mean, they have they have. Virtually infinite financial resources, and so they really need to sort of figure out ways to play um, big ideas. And, and Apple is is by far one of the biggest. Kind of fits the mold. Didn't they invest in Kinder Morgan when Kinder Morgan yes. sold off? So you yeah. see Apple selling off quite considerably. So possibly just seeking that value that Buffett was known for for the for the long tenure of his career so far. So, do you? Th- do we run the risk of of trying to read too much into this? I'm I'm just thinking about anyone who is looking at this move. And again, this is this is not Buffett. This is one of his lieutenants. But I I think it would be understandable for an investor looking at this move to ask the question: Does this give us a glimpse into the future of Berkshire Hathaway post Warren Buffett? And I'm wondering, you know, that that may be true, although. Do we do we risk reading too much into that? That once Buffett either you know for whatever reason Warren Buffett is no longer running Berkshire Hathaway, do we see a lot more move into technology investments, or is this just sort of no? This was the the best use of capital at this time. I think with Apple, it's a tech stock, yes, but it's the biggest stock in the world, just ahead of Google. So it's not your average small cap, mid cap 
tech stock that's going to be this volatile beast that you don't really understand completely. It's it's a cash generating machine. They got a dividend now, so it, it's I don't think it's your typical tech stock. It might be a first foray into it, really, um, but uh, I don't think that it's signaling a significant sea change here. No, and I, I think probably as time goes on, just the way the world changes, the way technology mm-hmm. moves so fast, I think just that alone, Berkshire Hathaway is more or less going to have to uh, dip a toe into the tech tech space a little bit more as time goes on. But yeah, I mean to Taylor's point there, I mean Apple is is not your typical tech company. I mean you're buying really one of the most powerful brands on the entire planet, and. Uh, Probably a bit easy, easier for them to sort of look at this and say, "Well, they're selling a product, right?" I mean, they're not—they're selling phones and tablets and whatnot, and the software that goes with it. It's a pretty easy business to understand. With that said, I mean, where Apple is today versus where it was ten years ago, this is a fundamentally different investment now. I mean, this is not like you're investing in some growth-style tech company that that could have multi-bagger status. In the next five to ten years, chances are that's not going to happen. Um, and when you go through the rest of Berkshire's portfolio, I mean, you see a lot of those those old reliables in there, like Moody's and Phillips sixty six and General Electric and IBM and Coca Cola and Wells Fargo. So, I mean, Apple, I think, is the same type of business, and then people identify it uh, very much the same way. I'm a little surprised that given Given all of the all of the the sort of positive sentiment that Buffett has offered towards Jeff Bezos and what he's done in his life with Amazon, I really honestly thought maybe we would see um, Berkshire consider initiating a position in Amazon because they have a huge position in Walmart, and and I think that a lot of us believe that uh, Walmart is sort of the old guard there, and Amazon is really the new guard where it comes to retail. And and again, retail is not all that difficult to understand. Amazon, I would also put in there as a tech company, uh, because because they are. They're not paying a dividend though. They're not paying no, a not, dividend. Not that's quite. true. But I also I also if you're asking me which one outperforms over the next five years, I'm picking Amazon without even thinking twice about it. So you know, Carl uh, Carl Icahn just recently divested from Apple, saying it was no longer the no-brainer that he once said it was. So I mean, that ultimately is a market, right? People disagreeing, and you kind of uh, pick a side there. Um, but but it seems that they at least feel like there's going to be some kind of a an attractive return in the next in the next few years. Carl Icahn also didn't really get get what he wanted <laughs> in terms of activism. You know, the yeah. higher shareholder returns in terms of a dividend or share buyback. So maybe he's admitting defeat more so than Apple might not be a great stock for the next couple of years. And he was pegging Apple shares at some point in in the past year as as maybe a double from their current levels. Now, granted, that wasn't all just organic growth, yeah, right. right? That was share buybacks along with whatever product came in the, out of the pipeline there. And I think a lot of us felt like maybe that was a bit optimistic as well, um, especially when you look at how Apple's performed. Go back to 2012 when they initiated the dividend. It's not like it's outperformed the market. It really hasn't. Um, so I'd love to see him juice the dividend a little bit. Buybacks are fine, um, and hey, I mean, if we happen to see a uh, a tax holiday at some point where they can bring some of that cash back home, that would probably be a catalyst as well. You mentioned Berkshire Hathaway stake in Walmart. That is one of the smaller headlines today. Is that when you look at where the investments are and the big investments that Berkshire Hathaway makes, we've seen they 
disclosed, they've got a smaller stake in Walmart, a smaller stake in MasterCard, Procter & Gamble. They've increased their stake in IBM, Philips 66, and Visa. I'm assuming that the, the Visa MasterCard is, is not so much we greatly prefer Visa to MasterCard. That, that may have just been simply an overweighting issue, a slight overweight. Um, and and they're, it's not like AT&T, where they just outright eliminated their stake. Philips 66, what, any insight into the, the increase in their stake there? Um, not really. I mean, it's one of the bigger downstream companies in the U.S., in the world. Um, it could certainly be a play on the chemical side of the business, which chemicals, they're benefiting from low oil prices, they're benefiting from natu- low natural gas prices. Um, and I think the growth in what we use chemicals for has certainly got a bright future. So I think that it's it's more along the lines of not the gasoline, but the other byproducts that you're getting out of Philips 66, and they're putting a lot of money into that business. So I think that that might be what they're looking at. And obviously, energy has been suffering for a while, so maybe there's a value side to that play as well. You already touched on this, Jason, but let's spend a couple of minutes before we wrap up on Yahoo News because and I and I think we might have said on a previous episode when we were talking about Yahoo and the bids that were being made clearly Verizon making a bid for Yahoo other players coming in as well Yellow Pages reminding us that Yellow Pages still exist <laughs> but I think we said at the time that look this is this is still an opportunity for a, a, a mystery horse to come in and that was the news that broke over the weekend that Dan Gilbert, who's the founder of Quicken Loans, is heading up a consortium to make a bid for Yahoo's core assets. And Warren Buffett has come out and said he's willing to be the financial backer. He was also very clear about saying, I'm not interested in the stock, <laughs> even though that presumably that would exist in the terms of the deal that they would be able to convert. Uh, some of the finances into stock if they so choose, but at least on the surface of it, were you surprised by this? I was very surprised. I thought maybe he was mixed up and thought they were talking about a deal to perhaps put a bid in for Yahoo and not Yahoo. But um, I, think he's I mean, a fan I, of the chocolate drink. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that for so for Buffett, I mean, he the luxury he has is he can pretty much dictate the terms, right? And so going into something like this with Yahoo, I think. He's going to figure out any way he can to make this beneficial for for him. I mean, that's the point. I I, I don't. I'd be surprised if, if the if there was a way for him to be um, rewarded on this through Yahoo stock. Because I think we probably are all on the same page that Yahoo stock is maybe had. I think it's it's. Biggest run, yeah. right? I think its best days are probably behind it because when you when you x out that Alibaba interest. And then you just look at the general space today. I mean, Yahoo—it's just not the same. It's not the same as it once was. Um, eyeballs are just going to other places. So, I mean, any any way that he can figure out a, a, a you know an opportunity to help facilitate a deal and and dictate financial terms that work out for him. I mean, he's really really good at that. It, it, it could be debt that converts into preferred shares. Whatever it is, I, I suspect we would see. Uh, that kind of angle there, as opposed to him just laying out interest there that he would love to own, you know, Yahoo shares because I don't think he really would. But I think there is a way that he uh, 
ECs uh, that they could potentially profit from this being part of the part of the deal. And who's to say that Yahoo remains public after it right. gets bought? Because it's they're only selling the core business, not yeah. the entire business. So maybe these buyers take it private. Um, Verizon's one of the lead dogs in per- possibly purchasing it, combining it with AOL assets and challenging Facebook and Google on the digital advertising side. So my bet would be that Yahoo core assets disappear from the public markets in most cases. See, it's interesting because as we talked about before with Verizon, intellectually, Verizon bidding for Yahoo's core assets makes sense to me. They need content. Yahoo does a very good job with sports and finance. And uh, and as I always like to point out, we, we're one of the companies that works with Yahoo Finance. Um, Dan Gilbert is the founder of Quicken Loans, so he clearly has the finance background. He's also the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. Huh. And I'm wondering if Gilbert has enough, or feels like he has enough insight both into Yahoo Finance and the world of sports content that that's what he's after here, is that he, he feels like he's got enough in, into intel about the way those two businesses operate. But I think it, I think you're right, Taylor. If Gilbert is the one who ends up winning the bid here, I would be surprised if those assets remain yeah. public. Whereas with Verizon, if they come under the Verizon yeah, umbrella, technically they still are. Yeah, more than likely. Got to be pretty good to be Dan Gilbert these days. You got the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, primed to make the NBA Finals one more time. You got Buffett wanting to shell out some cash and help make a deal. It's I mean, it'd be Dan Gilbert trying right? to turn right. Detroit you, City you, around. Much rather go work with uh, work with Buffett than than trying to weasel some cash out of a bank, right? I'm sure he's way more fun to be with. <laughs> I would think so. Yeah. Don't rule out him bidding for Yoohoo, however, because we know he loves Dairy Queen. The you'd man has a his, sweet tooth. He's right up his alley. And by the way, and I'm Buffett, not knocking Yoohoo. I think that stuff is really good. <laughs> but I mean, Buffett is just a walking advertisement for. Uh, there's no substitute for having good genes. Right. He is in his mid 80s and does not appear to take very good care of himself from Five a health Five cokes today. He, he drinks a lot of Coca-Cola products. He is a cheerleader for Dairy Queen. He's my kind of guy. Loves the dilly bars. I mean, he's an outlier in more than one way. <laughs> he, he, yes, yes. Outlier in investing, outlier in personal health. Thanks for being here, guys. Appreciate it. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Molly Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Let me tell you what it's like Watching Idol on a Friday night In a house built safe and sound On Indian burial ground Shaman i